Um, what up, politics is back. It's back after a back scheduled and well-intended one-month hiatus. <laughs> there wasn't anything happening in the world of politics in between no, now and then, you, was there? You could argue that the most densest period of the political calendar in terms of revelations and results and scandals, just machinations and things coming to a head and emotions, lots of dense content for a, you know, a lighthearted political podcast to talk about, um, particularly one whose genesis came in the form of um, an American election with a particular character. And you could almost say that we're destined to be present for this particular moment. But uh, we forgot. Sorry about that. Nothing but crickets and <laughs> tumbleweed. We forgot we were doing other stuff. Feed. Fishing. We were doing other stuff. That, yeah. Look, my, I'll take this one, Steve. It was my bad. Okay. <laughs> no, Richie. No, Richie. It's okay. We're a team. We do. We're in this together. This is this is what Steve sounds like. <laughs> that's you, the Richie. that's the little man that lives in your belly. I forgot about him. He's the guy lives on my belly button. Yeah. Um, yeah, no, it was both of us. I think you were the first one. I was the second one. Yeah. And Look sure, at that. We're not a news show. doesn't matter. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. Look, stuff happened. Lots of, some good things happened. You got you coffee. Say, I got coffee. I got pint. You got a pint. Fucking Late Late Toy Show happened last night. I'm still mm. feel, filled with the, the basking in the warm, loving warming glow of Ryan Tuberty's just general saying fuck saying fuck <laughs> he said fuck he's and not even from like he just overfilled a, a glass of Fanta or something and said it, it, fuck no it was all shook up so when he opened it it went Psh! oh that was it and then he was yeah, like and, fuck. and then he realised what he did and then he did like a sneaky eye glance to the camera yeah yeah and RT is is you know held together with spit prayers and cheap twine, um, so they don't have any sort of redundancy built in place. You know, like a ten second delay where you can hit a mute button, so it comes at you raw and ready, like like a you know an MTV unplugged album from the nineties. <laughs> that's how, that's how the toy show runs, and I wouldn't have it any other way. Have we talked about the toy show? We must have done at some point. For those who don't know, yeah. it's an Irish institution. Basically, yeah. So the equivalent of our late night talk show. Um, longest that, I think it's in, longest running in the world. Yeah, uh, it started off as like a segment, fucking decades ago with, with Gay Byrne, the original host. But then it, it it got so much traction and popularity, it became on the last Friday of every November of every year, the old format is abandoned and they just fill the studio with kids and toys, and it's all a little bit chaotic and it's quite cheesy, but it's horrendously adorable. And very wholesome. And particularly lately, the last couple of years, they've been killing it. Yeah. They've been making it less about the toys and more about just like kids, kids. diverse mm-hmm. kids and with interesting stories, sometimes heartbreaking, sometimes sweet, um, sometimes just downright fucking bizarre. Yeah, there's some nuts kids there. <laughs> oh my God. There was one kid who uh, very quickly, without any sort of pause or hesitation while talking about camping, said that he would turn a fe- if he needed slippers he'd just kill a pheasant and turn a pheasant into a pair of slippers didn't blink didn't blink just looked Ryan Tuberty dead in the eyes oh and also there's a hilarious moment earlier on and I'll put a link to this in the show notes where there was like a kid clearly it, like it, it was a very sweet gesture and very lovely but that was somewhat lost in what actually was gifted so the kid had made uh, a clay oh yeah I would say <laughs> abomination it's, this of is the same Ryan, insane child yeah of of Ryan Tuberty's face and presented to him and it looked like, a like I don't know how Ryan Tuberty didn't just collapse in that moment because it, it was like peering into an alternative reality or like a hell dimension where you see your own face skewed and warped and it's like a bad LSD trip if you're to look in a mirror that's what this face looked like and it's very memeable and Twitter was alight with uh Wonderful memes, which I'll include some links to that in the show as well. But look, all in all, it was exactly what our country needed. And it was very wholesome. Do you see how much money they raised with the charity thing? Four million or something. It's more. It's like north of five million now at this Jesus. point. And that Insane. was like between the hours of quarter past ten and midnight. Yeah. So could, probably would, more could be pu- pouring in. I fucking shocking. cried every time he updated that total. I sobbed a little bit. Uh, and then by the end of it, I was just, yeah, I was a bit of a sobbing, sobbing mess. I was just making jokes. 
I wanted them to go like um, Hunger Games to see who would get the pot. I wanted the oh, cancer yeah. kid to fight that crazy kid. <laughs> to then, see who gets the five mil. Yeah, and then the brittle bone kid comes running in with his with his <gasps> wheelchair, runs over them all. So that kid, Adam, you know Chris Hadfield, the astronaut from the International oh, Space yeah, the Station. Oh, Canadian He's, guy, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, you know him, you saw him. He's done great work in like educating people about space and space travel and that kind of thing. I tweeted about Adam and he's going to, I think, like have a call or something with Adam. Adam's a little kid who wants to grow up to be um, a technician for uh, for NASA, like a great yeah, technician. His, he was doing space stuff with Ryan. And he was like, he looked like he was designed in a lab by Pixar. He was so cute. Like his eyes <laughs> just, I sobbed just looking at that child. Some of them were just too cute. They weren't real. I think it was all CGI. Yeah. I think yeah, that's, yeah, how, was, that's how they got around COVID this year. They animated it. <laughs> They all, Andy Circus played every single one of those children <laughs> in the motion capture suit. Would you believe? That is the real magic of Christmas. <laughs> all right, it's been a little while, a little bit rusty. Ugh, what happens next? Just stretch. You gotta, you gotta dust off your old hotties. Oh, the hot takes. Okay. I was thinking about this. I don't like the term hot take in general. Nothing turns me off, you know, a, a bit of discourse when someone says, here's my hot take. It's supposed to be ironic, think, isn't it? Yeah, it is. But it's just in, in general, I think, and my takes are never hot. They're just like lukewarm concepts. Well, what do you want to call it? <laughs> warm thoughts. Warm thoughts. Richie's hate, warm thoughts. I hate it. I absolutely hate it. Fine. Richie's te- Richie's tepid thoughts. Like tepid pee. thought time with Richie, your friend. About, about pee temperature? <laughs> about pee, like a healthy pee temperature. Not when, like when you're sick and you got hot pee. What? <laughs> Richie, see a doctor. <laughs> no, <laughs> never. But yeah, Richie, welcome to Richie's tepid thoughts. Ah. <sighs> <laughs> God. So yeah, I don't know. Like, watch out. We're coming for you. <laughs> yeah. Where we take I just take one thing that's happening and I talk talk about it with Steve and see what get get his take on it as well. Um because yeah. I'm often wrong <laughs> or ignorant. But uh, I thought we could talk a little bit about uh uh COVID, because we haven't, you know, chatted about What's it in that? a while. Ah, it's this little this little indie you wouldn't have heard it much about it, it's a little indie thing. I like Um, their second album COVID-20 oh Jesus no (laughs) Um, so so people are probably uh, aware the UK is just coming towards the end as is Ireland of like a lockdown period a period of of of, um, kind of limiting freedoms yeah strict strict lockdowns and the UK uh, is emerging into a stricter tiered system um, starting I think the day this episode comes out uh, or the day after, the 2nd of December. And so the tiered system is what we we had here in the UK before the lockdown happened. But now that's coming back, it's coming back in a kind of slightly revised, stricter manner. Uh, which, you know, there's there's reason for that. The, the numbers here are absolutely dire. And the poor NHS can't really handle much more. The new system is going to be voted in the House of Commons today when this episode comes out to see whether, you know, Boris Johnson will have the votes he needs to implement this new tier system. But, Steve, you're not going to believe what the Tories have up their sleeve. (laughs) Oh, no, I'm rhyming without reprieve. Oh, dapped. Something. Something. Tel Aviv? (laughs) (laughs) Tepid. (laughs) That was tepid. <laughs> um, sorry, AF. I, I, I genuinely didn't mean to rhyme. I just, I, I meant to, I meant to turn it into a, uh, an ironic thing of like, oh, you wouldn't believe that there's more dissent in the Tory party, but I kind of lost run of myself. Uh, the, yes, there's like uh, some seventy strong rebellion of MPs who don't agree with the new measures, who hmm. might upset what? the apple cart somewhat. What's their gripe? Um, that there's they it's that's going to damage the economy. That the they while at the same time not actually affecting things too much. They want to see more science and information around like where where are you getting these policies from? Do they are they actually going to work? Or are you just crippling the economy for not much gain? That kind of thing. 
Um, What's your gripe against their gripe? That fucking shit needs to be done. Like, and that there's proven cases across the world that when you clamp down on things, like New Zealand is a perfect example, but there are others. When you clamp down on things and get and, and get strict, the quicker you can get back to normal and then the economy can recover, which yeah. is my this is the type of thought of mine is that there's this dichotomy or like a false dichotomy where people view, you know, this, the, the COVID situation, you're either like, oh, do you preserve the economy and let public health suffer or do you preserve public health and let the economy suffer? And I think that's like a false dichotomy. That is, a f- that is the wrong way inherently of looking at it, that the two are so, and I think we might have talked about this in the previous episode, but it does bear repeating, the two are so fundamentally linked that it, it needs to be this very difficult but holistic approach. Mm. And I think a good a good um, case study for this is like Sweden and Norway, where Sweden took a very lax approach this year to handling COVID. Very few measures, generally just like, and especially in the early days when people were, lo- places were locking down, Sweden were kind of just issuing recommendations but not really enforcing anything and mm. um, you know a lot of public places were open as usual people continue socializing as usual that kind of thing um but their their numbers now are uh their cases over the last few weeks are among the worst in europe in terms of like the rise in cases and their economy as well has also suffered so just letting people run kind of unfettered across the economy and the nation hasn't really just allowed it to continue growing without getting hurt Whereas if you look at Norway, who took, you know, it's they're obviously not the same country or anything, but it's in similar parts of the be. world with similar, yeah, with with a similar dealing with similar crisis. Norway was a lot stricter, um, and now their economy is doing better, and they're like you could argue across the numbers are performing better than Sweden, and yeah, and even yeah, but like all these things are even really hard to gauge and tell at the moment, like we talked about in the GDP episode. Yeah, exactly. There's a lot of stuff. Up, uh, it's, these are big, big numbers and big, big things. And it'll take a degree of hindsight afterwards to do proper analysis. But, you know, in the moment when lives are at stake and that kind of thing, um, the idea of viewing both economy and public health as almost like an aborous, like a snake eating its own tail, that they are one big issue that needs to be looked at as opposed to like bickering around, well, we need to be preserving the economy first over public health or whatever yeah. Yeah, that it, it is, is a little bit more total false or a lot more complicated than um these 70 odd uh <laughs> strong rebellions in the in the tory party would have you believe so that was it that was my tepid thought hello hey hey sorry where did you lose me uh i got i heard you finish i, I said something in the middle but you can cut it out <laughs> what did you say i just agree with you Oh, okay. Yeah, because you were the, okay. So here's what's after happening: uh, the my internet froze. It kind of shit the bed a little bit, and Steve's face on my screen was stuck in the most passive, just like <laughs> go, like go on <laughs> face. But I had finished my point, and all of a sudden I got really nervous. It's like, oh no! <laughs> what else do I say? <laughs> keep going. Keep going. Keep keep going. Mm-hmm. More tepid. Mm-hmm. More tepid. Mm-hmm. And then, and mm-hmm. then. Mm-hmm. Tell me and more. Then, Tell me more. Tell me more. <laughs> My worst nightmare. I agree, Richie. That's a good take. That is a good tepid take. That is as tepid as they get. I yeah, we're having like, I mean, I haven't been following the UK. It's it's hard enough to follow your own country's COVID machinations than to try and keep up with what's going all over the world. So yes, it makes like if you look at the US, which completely shat the bed and hasn't done anything, don't do mm-hmm. that. And <laughs> They're going to have a massive economic crunch. And plus, we don't know what the long-term effects of COVID on people will be. There might be massive health like degradations for people to have to live with this for decades to come. And what's that, what that, what's that going to do to your public health service and therefore your economy as well? So like, yeah. it's not just, it's not one or the other. It's not binary. Yeah. You need a, yeah. as you said, holistic, broad approach to it. Yeah. And I think um, it, it starts as well with the, the, like a lot of these things, um, the public perception and just the discourse around it because I do think it's still just like when people are talking even just in everyday conversations it does feel like oh economy or public health public and that's just I think at this point how people have internalized this the kind of balancing act they view it as a balancing act which I I understand where that comes from but 
It's it's just like like a lot of things in politics. It's just more complicated than that. That's usually where we summarize things. And I have no answers. <laughs> so let's move on. I see we we have an ad for a headstuff podcast. We do. There is a new headstuff podcast added to the slate. Ooh. It's uh, something that is very close to our hearts as our primary source for all the bullshit that we spout on this thing. It is the world according <laughs> Yahoo to Wikipedia. Answers. Yeah. Oh, wait. <laughs> Ask Jeeves. <laughs> Every uh, day we ask Jeeves. Okay, no, we're not. We're, no, no, we're not doing this. Sorry. We're not doing it's that. It's the world according to Wikipedia. The world according to Wikipedia. A brand new podcast, which is going to be all about the ins and outs of that tool that we all use. Um, some really interesting topics already, like why are only 10% of contributors to Wikipedia women, loads of things like that. That's definitely not what the statistic is, but it's really low. So yeah. they're going to deep dive into all that and it's worth having a listen to, like this ad will tell you. The World According to Wikipedia is a podcast that pops the hood of Wikipedia and invites you to take a look inside. Each episode, we will talk to someone from the Wikimedia community on topics like why are only 18% of biographies about women? Can editing Wikipedia be a protest or activism? And what is it like for the communities working on the 200 plus Wikipedias that are not in English? Subscribe on your podcast of choice and follow us on Twitter at world underscore Wikipedia. Wikipedia is so fucking just fascinating as to where it exists along other, other big tech companies because they're a non-profit. Mm. Yet the guy, I can't remember his name, but like the CEO is constantly, he goes to similar conventions or occupies a similar space to the, you know, your Jeff Bezos's and your Zuckerberg's and all those kind of things. And he he often talks about pulling up to these conferences or events or whenever he's, you know, hobnobbing with the bigwigs. Yeah, in his little Honda. <laughs> well, they're, you yeah. know, Jeff Bezos is being lowered down by a swarm of drones or whatever. Yeah, he's like them, but without the whole Dark Lord element. <laughs> yeah, Elon Musk getting tubed in on a fucking magnetic super tube highway. Oh, I, want him, I want him to be forgotten about. When's he going to fall off the radar? Elon Musk. Yeah, I mean... He's a shithead, but like he's done some cool shit. But he's a yeah knob. <laughs> but yeah, that's I disagree. He's a fucking knob. Yeah. Anyway, uh, yeah. Listen to that podcast. <laughs> Do. Yeah. All right. What are, what are we going to talk about this week, Steve? We're going to talk about corruption. Aww. Bad stuff. Aww. So uh, this one prompted me. I wanted to kind of turn away from staring at the. F- blazing inferno that is US politics and all the shit that's going on over there and right. around the same time as the US election there was something going on in Ireland where Leo Varadkar former Taoiseach President Tanishta mm-hmm. um, was found it, it turned out that last year he leaked um, a, 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 like a classified report about negotiations with consultants medical consultants to someone who was effectively his buddy and it was kind of improper. Right. Was this to some sort of benefit, like to benefit him in some regard? Well, that's the thing. So like not necessarily to benefit him. He didn't get any money as far as we know. Um, mm. He was helping his friend, but he tried to say it. I just wanted to try and spread the good word about this deal we were doing to try and get more people on board. But it was still dodgy and it wasn't open and he had to apologize for it and all that. But I was thinking, is this corruption or is this something else? So I was like, fuck hmm. it, let's do an episode on it. On corruption. On corruption. Yeah, because this is the thing. Even if you know nothing about politics, you know that politics is kind of a corrupt, or is known for being a corrupt field. Yeah, fat corrupt. cats, big wigs. Yeah. Yeah. Like the, I'd like even the old, like my dad used to always say, don't ever trust a salesman or a politician because they'll just like lying is just part of the profession. And you know, like the, the, they're well. Here's you know, the thing: untrustworthy and is lying corruption? I mean, I guess it depends on the context. Are you lying t- t- for benefit? Then, yeah, for your own personal. And also, benefit. like, yeah, but then also, like, how are we? Defi- we should probably start with like, how are we defining corruption? Well, I think it should be like, is corruption just being a, a bold boy? It's not because or you're a girl be a, or <laughs> person, um, dog. Corruption is. There are no bad boy dogs. All dogs are, are good boys or good girls. Sorry. Continue. It's the abuse of public power for private gain. Right. Or the gain of a group to which you are affiliated. Right. It's a definite thing. Right. But then that's corruption. But then there is also, I think, a dynamic of behavior that is corrupting. 
Wait, okay. Corruption versus corrupting. What's the distinction here? Well, the distinction is is that corruption is defined in most countries' laws as something that you get prosecuted for doing if you do it, whereas Mm -hmm. activities in politics that are corrupting are not, but they're still pretty definitively shitty. Okay, give me an example then of a corrupting example. um, The appointment of that judge to the Supreme Court last year, or sorry, this year. With, in America. So it was entirely within the rules and within the games of the power, but the fact that they lied and changed their narratives and then it was like blatant hypocrisy, that's absolutely corrupting and it'll, it has done severe damage to American politics. You're right. And then I guess what, what Leo's thing as well, it wasn't against the rules or at least it wasn't against the law, but it was dodgy. Like you don't give your friends secret information just because you're the Taoiseach. That yeah. is corrupting, even if it's not corruption. Right. Okay. And I think herein lies the, the complexity of this issue, like yeah. the the weird greys, the grey area. Because it's very rare, I guess, that you get like a pure black, if we're to use the colour gradient as a metaphor here, pure white or pure black in terms of like political deeds. Pure white corruption. Yeah. <laughs> you know, pure white being pure, a pure good endeavour and then pure black being just like out and out, obviously illegal. Yeah. So why is it then that politics is this hotbed for corruption? Like, what is it about this practice, this, these institutions? Is it that they attract corrupt people or is it just that the power itself corrupts? Yeah. Like, what is a corrupt person? Like, are you born corrupt? (sighs) That's the thing. I don't think it's a nature versus nurture discussion. Yeah. I don't think you're born. Like, I don't, I don't know many corrupt babies. I'd love to meet a corrupt baby. (laughs) You are a pure soul. We all know that. Me? No, God, no. But like, you weren't born like that. They didn't stamp it on your head. Corrupt boy. Pure boy. (laughs) No, I was born. I told you about how I was born to complications. No. I was born with a, with a problem with my heartbeat where it was beating way, 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 way too fast. Oh yeah, and they had to stuff me into an incubator. But I was also a very large, like over ten pound baby, and incubators are meant for tiny, premature babies to kind of just keep them, you know, warm and alive. And so you just had, if you'd look out at the in, I guess it would have been the rotunda, uh, the sea of incubators and all the adorable, tiny little premature babies. One big fat um, boy, kind of quietly sleeping, and then there was just like a massive fat baby <laughs> squished into in, into an incubator that was not built for a baby his size, and I was roaring red and just screaming like I was dying. Um, and this, like, I, there might be a picture somewhere if I can dig it out, but that's how I came into this world, screaming ever since. <laughs> but, um, uh, I don't know. It was all downhill from yeah, there. <laughs> yeah, but none of those babies are corrupt. I, uh, you know, I don't think there's a corrupt. <laughs> corrupt baby but yeah i think it is like it's that um, boss baby it's the it's it's the macbeth line right the shakespeare line of like absolute power corrupts absolutely you know is it that the either the institution or like the road to the institution just leads you to constantly chip away at your morals just because that's what everyone around you is doing or that's what it takes to progress yeah i'm gonna i'm gonna go on a limb here and say people probably are corrupt if you know what i mean Ooh, like you okay if, if the incentives are there to do it why wouldn't you do it you're gonna like you will justify it to yourself as being the good the right thing to do yeah or or self-preservation yeah sure it's like yeah. that's yeah so i mean i get what you're saying because like you look at the because my initial reaction there is to disagree with you because i try to be optimistic but if you're if if you were wrong then, you know, look around at the world, there wouldn't be like all of the injustices and inequity around the world. Like if corruption or, you know, aggressive self-preservation wasn't a thing, there'd be a lot more of spreading of the wealth and resources and power and equality, I think. So, yeah. So what we have to stop us from ourselves, I guess, is institutions. And then it depends on how we format those institutions and legislate for them and work within them. That kind of determines... Yeah. how corrupt a person or a society is. So yes, power does corrupt. And yes, it is also systemic. Yeah. So power is like tapping into, getting power is like tapping into a human, an already present human need for self-preservation and self-betterment. Actualization, maybe yeah. betterment. Yeah. Yeah. Not or, better, or just bettering your lot. Like it's a tribal thing, yeah. isn't it? It's like, oh, well, I need to make sure we have as much stuff on our pile so that the people that are on our side will be safe. And fuck, right. th- fuck them other people. I can't think about them. I'm too busy thinking about my own pile. They have to yeah. worry about their pile. 
Well, that's one thing to think about in terms of like a pile of food to survive the winter. And it's another to extrapolate out to. I'm going to buy 50 PlayStation 5s and sell them for twice the amount. Yeah, you made loads of money doing that. Online at Christmas. I made a lot of money this year. <laughs> I, didn't, I would never do that. That's where you've been. That's, that's why we haven't potted. <laughs> scalping PS5s to Jer. <laughs> Sucker. Uh, <laughs> okay, yeah. So in politics, if we talked about politics being, you know, like corrupt politicians is a common like people understand that the corrupt politicians is a, is a thing um and it's almost you know the given that, that there would be a lot of corrupt politicians why is it that politics is seen as this hotbed for corruption more so than some other fields yeah you don't hear as much about corrupt doctors yeah or corrupt firemen or yeah or corrupt bakers bakers yeah it well i mean that should be pretty obvious like they, the, the politicians are the ones who have the keys to the public purse they're the ones who are at one of like they're at the the, the crossroads between the public sector the private sector they're the ones mm-hmm. who decide who gets what and how much of it so the temptation is there to be corrupt right to take take money from a business person to to, to grant them favorable decisions or to make decisions that benefit your tribe rather than another's. Yeah. Which, I mean, you, that's that's the, the lobbying episode we, we did a while back. Yeah. Deals heavily with that. Like, lobbying just does feel like a acceptable, a sort of like a quote-unquote acceptable vehicle for corruption. Yeah, and that will, I actually have a few notes about that one down at the end. There's been a new book released about that pretty recently, about the, the amount of money that's been put into lobbying and how people are doing it. But we'll get mm-hmm. to that. I think yeah, exactly. we kind of need to, like, you need to look at it as well. There's there's different parts, like, we can format societies and countries to make it hard to be corrupt. So the more transparent right. things are and the more eyes you have over decisions, the less likely it is for corruption to take place. And you can see mm-hmm. that just by, like, the definitions of how countries run themselves. Countries that are more autocratic or, di- like, um, di- dictatorial yeah. are much more corrupt. That's a fact. Yeah. That's, like, a scientific fact. Places like China, places like Russia, all... And everything in between quite Mm. corrupt. Whereas if you slant more towards democratic, open, transparent um, politicians being accountable to a broad base of people, you will see much less corruption all the way from like the US, Ireland and the UK are kind of in the kind of not really corrupt to the stupid, pure Scandinavians who are not corrupt at all. So it's not the norm to be corrupt. If you know what I mean, like or maybe uh, this is a political professional. Corrupt. Yeah, well, I don't. Yeah, like I mean, if you if you like, and this is the thing as well. It is really really hard to know how corrupt a country is because how do you know? Yeah, because it's, <laughs> it's a crime. Yeah, right. So like, yeah, it, do you go by how many are reported? Well, then you have to you have to rely on like that's only the ones that are reported. <laughs> it's like all crime stats. Yeah, exactly. You can't you can really assume know. the very corrupt stuff isn't isn't in the public eye. And then if you go, uh, one of the most common ways, like Transparency International and the Economist Intelligence Unit, use perceptions of corruption, like survey results on how citizens corrupt, how corrupt citizens think their countries are, as the way to go. Right. But that's kind of bullshit too, because so many dickheads have told me, "Oh, this is the most corrupt thing ever," but it's not. <laughs> it's like, mm. like just like people, your knee jerk reaction is to assume that politics must be corrupt. So you're going to report that you think it's corrupt, even if it isn't. Yeah. If that makes sense. Yeah, barely, but I get you. (laughs) (laughs) But I think this is just the nature of this topic of corruption. It's like we're getting into human psyche and motivations and stuff. Because one thing I actually I meant to say on the outset is that it's not just the act of corruption, like how it's manifesting with the, the thing that you would potentially charge someone for. But it's also you need to look at like the motivating factors. So I remember a couple of years ago, we went to Tanzania and we, Kate's cousin, uh, worked in the Tanzanian embassy and we got a little bit of a briefing on just like how to conduct yourself when, yeah. you know, going through customs as a tourist and all that kind of stuff. And a lot of the times you hear the accounts from people are that, oh, it's quite a corrupt place and you need to, you know, just work around that system. So like always have some US dollars on you because if you get stopped by a cop, you need to drop them a 20 or whatever, just to, otherwise they'll hassle you or whatever. And you could view that act of like that cop stopping you going somewhere and you giving them 10 or 20, whatever, as a corrupt act. But also then from talking to Kate's cousin in the embassy, they're paid next to nothing and they're dealing with their own like corruption in their institution. And 
you know, they're dealing with like getting pay cuts or not getting paid enough. And then all of a sudden, if they see a moment to go up to a tourist who has just some pocket change and give them a little bit of a hard time and get that money, that's the equivalent of like a week's wages. And you've got a kid who you're trying to feed. Like that doesn't ring true as corruption in the same way as like a, a politician, you know, exploiting a system to get money. Yeah. But so both, it's all kind of motivations uh, are mm. you know, important. But you can't excuse it though. It's still corruption. It's still, it's, it's still, still corruption. It's still but, bad, and it's still not indicative of getting to a good place. So, like, I don't, I don't, like, I understand what you mean, and it is something to take into mm. account. Like, judge the politician at the top who oversees that system more harshly yeah. than you would the cop who's taken the bribe. But at the same time, I don't think we should. I don't know. Excuse. Yeah, I don't think we yeah. should be excusing the act because it's yeah. still a crime and it's still exploitation of someone else. Yeah. yeah, yeah, absolutely. But I think it's it's about bearing in mind the system that allows for it. Exactly. And that's that's yeah. what it always comes down to. Yeah. Oh, man, this is a dense subject. Fucking hell. Uh, so we, we talked about... And we're dense boys trying to explain it. <laughs> <laughs> They're perfectly suited. You talked about like the institutions and the safeguards and the measures put in place to try and mitigate some of this stuff. Do we have examples of these kind of measures and, and how they work? Yeah. So like in the West, effectively, it, it is effective enforcement of the law every country mm. has a list of actions that are illegal acts of, of corruption taking money a politician taking money in exchange for giving someone a favor is blatant corruption yeah so there are complex laws in all in, in all places to justify that the the tricky part is trying to separate between getting money for your campaign, which is allowed, mm-hmm. and then granting someone a decision in favor of that versus an actual bribe. Yeah. So that's a really so, hard one to separate. So is that just differentiate in terms of donation limits? Yes, that's one. Well, those are ways to contain it and control it. Yeah. yeah. But, that, but then there's also like, there's something to be to taken into consideration as well. I remember like it was kind of a revelation for me and I learned, learned it in school, but like you in college, they... Come, come, like a right wing party will get loads of don- donations from the business lobby mm-hmm. because that right wing party is going to make decisions that will benefit that business lobby. Yeah. But the left wing party is going to get loads of donations from the trade unions and other kind of public sector advocacy groups because they're going to make decisions that will benefit those groups. Yeah. But is, is that corruption or is that just the system? <laughs> you know? Yeah. But at the same time, like I, I would value the work of a trade union above that of uh, like an entity for a bunch of corporations lobbying that's your value though like i mean yeah that's your left-wing political inclinations yeah like yeah but then so you're saying it's 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 okay for the trade union to give someone money oh it's fine for for me (laughs) i just don't want other people to to get money See, this is the problem this is where you start breaking it down yeah like yeah but no i'm a good and i'll know what to do with the money (laughs) you know what i mean like i know what's right for the world yeah you know of course i I didn't take that into account (laughs) of course um anyway going back to the I want you to ask me what you're what, what you have in brackets there as well. Yeah, so this is this is what I'm always interested in the idea of like when there's checks and balances or when there's things like the like accountability. Who who's in charge of keeping the those people accountable? Like the idea of who watches the watchman. I don't know, Coast Guard? Like <laughs> Yes. Simpsons Simpsons reference. Is that is that the only reason you wanted me to ask that question? Yeah, but also, I'm very proud of that question. It, it, it's a good question. Um, how yeah? How do you rely? I guess you can't. This is where you come down to just having to trust your institutions. So you have to have an institution that is separate enough from what it is investigating that you don't have crossovers and you can rely on it. So in the United mm-hmm. States, you can rely on the FBI to investigate corruption, usually. Right. <laughs> usually, but uh, who investigates the FBI and uh, who investigates know, those guys? <laughs> it's just a Russian doll system of just corruption. Maybe. But Open your eyes, man. <laughs> <laughs> this is the problem. Yeah, you have to, there, ha- there is no end point. You're never going to have, uh, the only way it's going to work is if at one point you can rely on who's doing the watching. Right. There, 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 the, yeah, your question is an unanswerable one. And so answer it. I did. 
Coast Guard. The Coast Guard. <laughs> <laughs> you can always trust the Coast Guard. Hamilton set them up. Did he? Yeah. It's in the opening song. The Treasury and the Coast Guard. Yeah. He, was, he kept all the money hidden at the bottom of the Hudson River. That's why. <laughs> Nobody found I it. I know this guy. Yeah. <laughs> uh, no, he was just a sex fiend. He wasn't actually corrupt. Um, ah. <laughs> so well, give me some, speaking of sex fiends, g- give me some <laughs> juicy examples of uh, political corruption that have been proven. Oh, there's like, that we know about. fucking loads. <laughs> really, I'm Dude, not, <laughs> yeah, I'm not surprised. To go back to contradicting myself when I said politics isn't a corrupt institution naturally jesus christ is it a corrupt institution <laughs> apparently naturally <laughs> you flipped up but you said it is corrupt yeah well people are corrupt i think right okay and then it depends on how corrupt your institution is so look right ireland was pretty shitty for a very long time i think it's relatively clean now to be honest i mean a couple of years ago there was a scandal where rt did an investigation where they had a lady pretending to be a russian businesswoman investing in windmills and she like offered cash to councillors in exchange for favourable decisions. And there was one right. horrible fat Donegal fella who was like trying to explain to her, you give me money and I give you what you want. Money? <laughs> give me money. And then someone um, made a, a Macarena dance out of it. <laughs> um, and that fellow was re-elected because, you know, <laughs> wonderful. Uh, but we've had a lot more corruption much higher up in government as well. So mm. we had... Famously, Dennis O'Brien, one of the richest people in the world, probably the richest Irish person, gave hundreds of thousands of punts, pounds to the Dan Finnegale Minister for Communications, uh, Lowry, in exchange for getting uh, a license to open a mobile phone company. And it's been proven, but never mm-hmm. to the point that they could actually prosecute either of the men. So Dennis O'Brien remains incredibly stinking rich, and Michael Lowry always tops the poll when he runs in Tipperary as an independent TD. Isn't Dennis O'Brien the, the chap who um, just like litigates against anyone, just sues the, the arse off anyone who... Yeah, yeah, me saying that... Talks disparagingly of him. Me saying that leaves us open to getting sued. If he, <sighs> ever, it, if he ever listens to it. like um, <laughs> We're going to have nothing. You and I are going to be like cartoon poor. We're going to be walking around with no clothes, just like a barrel and suspenders holding it up. A stick. A stick with the knapsack of our possessions. Bindle. A bindle, bindle, which is carrying a tit. Yeah, I think that's what's called a bindle. Nice, yeah, carrying just like a beans and a in a handkerchief. We're going to have to rely we'll have on to our, walk the Irish railway system. Rely on our sing song skills, of which we have none. Yeah. Oh, you can play sing song skills and rapping, giving blowjobs in public bathrooms. <laughs> but you know, <laughs> mostly sing song skills. <laughs> not at the same time. Oh, sorry. <laughs> I'm not good at this. Anyway, uh, we also so that's one. we've had corrupt Tishig. Yeah, uh, Bertie Ahern mm-hmm. took loads of money from his mates when he didn't. Ha- he, he was getting a divorce. He had no money, so his his mates had a whip around and gave him a couple of tens of thousands of pounds. Fucking and that's not corrupt, even no. though they got favorable decisions from government and all got appointed to loads of shit. They're but probably all developers, <laughs> all developers, and they were all yeah. his mates and. When, he, when they were asking, like, why are you appointing these men because they give you money? He goes, I'm not appointing them because they give me money. I appointed them because they're my friends. <laughs> oh, that's adorable. Actual quote. He values friendship. Actual quote. I remember it was fucking Fuck's awful. It. Anyway, he had to resign, but he never actually got prosecuted. Still hanging around. Uh, Charlie Hawhey, who's T uh, Shock in the 80s, was a real corrupt bastard. Dirty motherfucker. Mm. He, mm. he accumulated more wealth than his at all possible for a politician of his era. Had like a massive mansion. I'm pretty sure there's like a green belt in North County Dublin that so you can't have massive um development just to protect his house because he didn't want any neighbors. <laughs> That's the kind of shit that this cunt did. Um wow. he was never prosecuted. Right. Why well, I mean why would he? Why would he? So there's like Ireland had really awful corruption scandals for a very long time and we got mm. into the habit of not actually prosecuting them that well instead we we set up these big expensive tribunals where we paid lawyers and solicitors millions and millions and millions and millions of euros and pounds to investigate it and they come out with these reports that can't actually prosecute them but it gives people like Elaine Byrne an academic and a columnist from Trinity loads mm. of data that she can go and write great books yeah. so if you want more information on Irish corruption Go check out Elaine Burns' book. Um, mm-hmm. The UK, I don't know as much about their 
their corruption, but I do know about the expenses scandal. Do you remember that one? Yeah. Yeah. Like around 2008 or so, it turned out that nearly every single MP and Lord were taking loads of money for stupid things that they shouldn't have been mm-hmm. like duck ponds and like <laughs> second houses that they didn't actually own. Hey, hey, that was a medicinal duck pond. <laughs> the, the public should pay for that. Um Loads of them had to resign. Loads of them didn't get reelected. It really, really damaged the perception of politicians in the UK. Uh, about four of them were jailed in the end. Mm. And loads of them had to give money back. Nick Clegg, David Cameron, all of them. It was cross-party. Mm. It was just rampant. Mm. There's also just just this uh, last week there, uh, Rishi Sunak, the um, the Chancellor. Uh, turns out his wife has had like lots and lots of undeclared business interests and, and holdings and stuff that they're supposed to declare. Yeah. So she's like the daughter of like one of India's richest businessmen. Um, God. And uh, just like they're sitting on billions and billions and it just wasn't declared <laughs> at all. Yeah. Just some of the, the connected companies have government contracts and yeah, it's a bit of a, bit of a, bit of a sitch. Bit of a sitch. Um, probably nothing will come of it you'll get away no nothing will come of it at all no nothing will come of it at all so in terms of branching away from actual and then oh yeah sorry actually just to mention America very fucking corrupt place too lots of shit going on yeah and if you want to deep dive on one of the worst episodes of corruption go listen to our What Am Watergate episode when I say deep dive I mean like deep dive for What Am Politics oh it's as deep as we get which isn't very deep at all you know that's a complaint you and I have received (laughs) a lot for various reasons. Yeah, well, you know, fuck it. Go listen Go listen to some academics if you want that shit. We talk about Pokemon, all right? I was making a sex joke, but... Didn't get it. <laughs> probably oh! Oh! There's a fellow called David Weiss, a Scottish fellow who wrote a book about how corrupt is the UK, and I'm going to summarize what he's trying to say. He says that, like, you should look at corruption as a broader thing, not just the specific one that I called out at the start. So you should think about, like, institutions being corrupting things like how close government is with the city of london stock market companies and those kind of things right. and you should look into like the bbc being corrupt and the cops being corrupt not necessarily because you have things like nepotism or bribery but just because it corrupts society probably going back to what you were saying about how mm. you, you see much more harm in private companies donating money than you would with other organizations yeah that would be that kind of vein yeah which is understandable yeah I do. I understand it, but part of me just thinks as well, like I, I'm not a communist. <laughs> I think right. there are parts of the free market that work and private business is part of it you and part piece, of life. You piece of shit. You <laughs> maggot scum. <laughs> Fucking Adam Smith, dick sucking motherfucker. You get off my podcast right now, you piece of shit. Yeah, Richie, you're going real deep now. Fuck you. No. <laughs> Sorry. There's also, I was just trying to embody some of our harder lefty critique, <laughs> critiques that we've got on iTunes. Um, Sorry, there's go on. A recent book brought out by a great fellow called Peter Gogan. Uh, he's an Irish academic, but based in Britain. Uh, he did a real deep dive into where the money for the Brexit can- campaign came from, Ooh. the um, pro-Brexit campaign. Mm. There were hundreds of thousands of pounds funneled into that campaign via Northern Ireland that shouldn't have been and weren't properly declared. So like there are limits on the amount of public spending you can have in political campaigns in the UK as there should be mm. unlike yeah, other crackpot countries like the United States. Um, so he found, he found out that there was loads of this money being funneled into it and that's not good. No. That is corruption and corrupting. Mm-hmm. And there's also you can, you can something happened during the summer that was pretty interesting in the UK. They had a a develop a developing uh, a developer was building like a massive housing estate. I think in Tower Hamlets is that one of the poorer parts of East London. Oh, I couldn't tell you. I'm very bad with London geography. Yeah, I just, know my street. It's a big grey blob, it. and this is one of the poorer parts. But this right. company wanted to build a huge development, and they wanted to get planning permission before a new law was coming in that they would have to give like a, a tax payment to the local council, which mm. severely needs more funding to help with, you know, depravity and important things like yeah, that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But then they bribed, well, not bribed, they donated loads of money to the Tories and got a meeting with the minister and got the application in on time so they didn't have to pay that money. See, And the minister was like, what's the problem? Dems the uh, rules. Uh, 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 it's bad. Yeah, It's not good. Fuck. Yeah, this kind of shit. 
this kind of shit grinds my balls. That's just <laughs> that's not the expression. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> it's not cool. Is what I'm saying. It's not cool. No, Jesus Christ. So uh, t- talking about examples of corruption that haven't been proven, but have been kind of speculated, I feel would be fertile ground for some juicy, juicy, juicy stories, Stephen. Uh, I don't know. I mean, we can make them up. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, Boris Johnson mm-hmm. got paid 50,000 euros. Whoa. Euros. Well, euros. By a Belgian, by a Belgian clown union to act the way uh-huh. he does to, to better uh-huh. buffoonery. The, just the brand of clowning. The brand of, of clowning around and buffoonery. Wow. I see. I see. So do you think this is coming from this is coming from Big Clown? Big Clown. <laughs> <coming> from- <laughs> <laughs> That's the best I could do off the hop. What's yours? Oh shit. Um well, did you hear that Jacinda Ard Ardern? Arden? You're one, down, you're one down in New Zealand. The, the Prime Minister of New Zealand. You know, because the the Kiwi economy is doing better than, than most in the world right now. She's taking the people love rumor has furry seat, fruit. Is what I heard, huh? People love furry fruit. Yeah, she was. She's there. She's taking the extra money that the New Zealand economy has earned, and uh, this is what I heard. I heard she uh, bought the moon. The moon is Kiwi now. She, she bought the moon. The moon is a Kiwi. Yeah. So, uh, formerly cheese. Now a green fruit. And rumor has it that she's going to use some of the extra money she has <laughs> to to uh, just put a big laser burn fuck you Australia into the moon. Fair enough. Is that corruption? Then that, uh, I mean, it's not not corruption. <laughs> <laughs> Do you remember that Northrone Jim chair face wanted to, <laughs> to write his name onto the moon so people would stop laughing at the fact that he had a chair for a head? <laughs> And then they stopped him in time where it was just chair. And then for the rest of the series, just chair was on the moon. Oh man, I, I forgot all about her or Jim. Yeah, very formative. Well, to, how to do you remember that? That was a deep pull. It's, how could you forget? Oh, yeah, that's true. That's very true. I am chair face and he just had a chair for a head. Quality, quality writing. So do you want to, you've, you've hit on corruption versus the idea of corruption versus corrupting a few times. Yeah. I'm not going to be able to explain and it any better than I've tried to. <laughs> it just, give it, it come, one last go. Give it one last go. It comes down to like, so there is legally definable corruption. Like I said, stuff that if you do, you get prosecuted for because you can't do that. Mr. Politician. Right. Or in Mrs. Politician down in New Zealand. You can't do it. You can't buy the moon. You can't buy the moon. Well, I don't know. Maybe you can. You can rent it. But you can't take money from Facebook to buy the moon unless right. it's, if it's against the law. <laughs> right. okay. But moon laws, space law. So, but taking money, taking, taking hundreds of millions of dollars from shitty people unexplained mm. is corrupting. If you, if you know what I mean. It's not against the law in the United States. It's perfectly part of the law. It's after the Citizens United thing, thing said that people can donate as much money as they want to US politics. It's not yeah. against the law, but it is corrupting. Appointing... Yeah. It's on the path toward, like, it's it's morally wrong. It's ethically dubious. Yeah. But the system is allowing for it. And it's just pushing pushing you further down this road yeah. of corruption. Corruption, yeah. It will yeah. lead to a corrupt, corrupt system. People yeah. won't trust it. Mm-hmm. People won't trust the institutions and they'll start working around them and then corruption beget, begets corruption. People yeah. will just ignore them and not have time for them. And that's the United States is in particular is going down a really bad road. Like yeah. it's going to end up with two tribes completely separate, tearing lumps out of each other every four years to try and get control of the keys of power. They're going mm-hmm. to do as much as they can for their side when they're in. And then afterwards the other side will just come in and try and wipe it away. And then like, they may as well just be two countries. There's no point in, Mm. there's no point in trying to continue like that. Like you need to have systems that everyone buys into and agrees with, and you shouldn't bend the rules to suit you at a certain time. But fuck it. That's politics. So why the fuck fuck (laughs) wouldn't you? Like what an ending. Why the fuck fuck wouldn't you if you could? Yeah. Because people are shite. People are shite. Like in Ireland, 
Well, there's loads of examples of corruption and corrupting behavior. Like um, the, the, the cliques that run this country are quite small. So you have mm-hmm. people being appointed to things that make decisions because they knew people. Like, I mean, it's not necessarily corrupt and they need to think of someone to appoint, but it's still just not good. It makes people think that it, the country's being run for someone else and not them. Yeah. So stop it. And look, stop it, politicians. Yeah. But, just stop. But Steve, like, who are we to criticize? Like, you and I have done this stuff before. Like, you don't just get to be number 242 and ranked in the German podcast news and political charts. We're 65 without. in Slovakia. <laughs> you just don't get to these heady heights without, you know, dropping a few brown envelopes, Steve. And, you know, we need to take a good, long, hard look in our... Um, in this diamond studded mirror that we're about to send to uh, BuzzFeed <laughs> to get a, to get listed on one of their listicles. Yeah. Is that an option? But, you know. Is that why we've been, is that why we haven't shot up the charts? Because we haven't been bribing. We BuzzFeed. haven't been bribing enough people. God is BuzzFeed it. still a relevant thing? I don't know. I presume so. Yeah. Well, look, maybe we just need to TikTok. focus our corruption. Yes. Yeah. It's, it's, it's all <laughs> on TikTok. TikTok. <laughs> oh, anyway, is that it? I guess so. I guess bri- so. Bribe me to get me to stop or I'll keep talking. Well, if you want to bribe us, uh, <laughs> if you head over to whatonpolitics.com forward slash beer, you can chuck us some money and we'll say whatever you want. If it's you true. want the Quad Politics brand to uh, sponsor <laughs> some, I don't know, gun company you own. We're we'll so sick and twisted, we even allowed the Telegraph to put ads on our podcast. Yeah. Oh, God. That's not true. We stopped them. We stopped that. We did stop that. And we won't sponsor any of your goddamn gun companies. Well, no, hang on there. Hang on there, Rachel. Hang on, hang on. Let's let's wait and see what they offer first. (laughs) Uh, Whatonpolitics.com forward slash beer if you want to buy us a pint. Or a gun. Uh, Or a gun. Or a gun. gun. Uh, Whatonpolitics.com, at whatonpolitics on Instagram and on Twitter. Uh, Whatonpolitics at gmail.com if you want to shoot us an email. And what else is there? Tell a friend. Tell a friend. Tell a friend. Tell your granny. Tell your granny. From a distance. Bribe her. Just, you know, lie to her. Tell her this podcast is hosted by Daniel O'Donnell and hopefully that'll <laughs> get her in the door. Yeah. Yeah. Give give and your then, friends donuts and then tell them to listen to the show. Yeah. There you go. Um, That's it, Steve. That's it, Richie. That's it. You got any sort of interesting ending for the show? Or yeah. for my life? <laughs> you ask me. What are I- your last words going to be? That was a bit of laugh. <laughs> No, I just I, now I just that made me think about you dying, and now I'm really sad. Yeah, it'll happen one day. No, it won't. You're gonna live forever. <laughs> Let, let's make a pact now. I, I don't I don't want to live in a world without you. So let me go first, okay? No, no way. No, no, let, no. I don't. I can't do it, Steve. I can't. Okay, okay. Good deal. <laughs> and I'll slip away, and then you you drink the the poison vial afterwards, like Romeo and Juliet. And then you wake up because it was only... I was only having a nap. <laughs> wake up. He was in bed, Steve. It was it was the night time. Why did you think he had killed himself? He went up in my room. He me sleeping in bed. No! no! There was a glass of water beside the table. Stop jumping oh. to assumptions, Steve. Star-crossed lovers, the best there ever was. 